Chapter Thirteen of An Exchange of Souls by Barry Payne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. I had never expected that I could hear with pleasure the voice of Vulsame, even in his more sober moments. But now this crude and material brute was almost a relief to my mind. My servant came in and appeared to be agitated. Mr. Volsame had not only returned, but had definitely refused to go again. He was sitting on a chair in the hall, using the most awful language, and saying that if I was out, he should wait there till I came back again. "'I think,' I said, "'it might amuse me to see this man for a few moments. Let him come in here.' Mr. Volsame lurched into the room. His gait was slightly more intoxicated than his speech, and his speech was not strictly sober. "'Glad to see you've got more sense than that damned fool of a servant of yours, Compton,' said Mr. Volsame aggressively. "'Sit down,' I said, "'and tell me what your business with me is.' "'You'll know that fast enough, just when I like and how I like. You'll find I'm top dog this time.' Don't issue orders to me, because I won't take them. I can sit, and I can stand. The latter, I said, seems to be an overstatement. In illustration of my words, he sat down hurriedly and dropped his hat. Now then, he said, don't give me any of your damned superior airs, because I'm sick of them. I don't want them. What I want is a three-finger whiskey and a little soda water. On a superficial observation, I should say you are mistaken. But if you really think so, you had better go out and get it. Did I say something just now about your damned superior airs? Because if I didn't, I meant to. Don't let me have to speak twice. If you offered me a drink, I wouldn't take it. I'd throw it in your face. I can buy a drink if I want one. I've got money, and I'm going to get more. I'm going to get it before I go home to my dinner tonight. Then I'd better not detain you. Go and get it, by all means. That's where you slip up, my friend. That's where you come down and hurt yourself. I'm going to get that money out of you, unless you want to do time. You wouldn't look very pretty in a suit of clothes with broad arrows all over it. No, I said. And what is it exactly that I'm going to do time for? For bribing an honest man to suppress legal evidence at an inquest and letting a murderer go free. I have no recollection of anything of the kind. There has been no murder, so far as I know. The last time I had the pleasure of any conversation with you, you pointed out that you were incapable of taking a bribe, but were willing to receive some slight compensation for damage to your practice caused by the late Daniel Myas. That is correct, isn't it? It's your way of putting it. I've got my own way. Why are Mrs. Lade and her daughter going to bolt to America? Does that look like innocence? You seem to think I know nothing. I was called in to attend a family in Knox Street this morning, and I picked up a thing or two, I can tell you. 
if i don't go straight off to the police and tell them everything i know i run a risk of getting into a good deal of trouble myself and i don't run risks for nothing what is the figure i said at which you do run risks one thousand pounds said mr vulsame solemnly it is a large sum i have not so much money at my bank at present i should be compelled to realize securities can't help that said vulsame you've brought it on yourself suppose i paid you this sum what security have i got that you will not come here to-morrow demanding another thousand you've the security of my word of honor you're dealing with a gentleman you seem to me to be continually forgetting that well i said of course that would make a difference if i could have your word of honor given me definitely in writing i might be prepared to pay this sum without admitting that i have been in the wrong in any way but simply in order to save a public scandal quite so said valsame i see your point you're a sensible man mr compton i said so when i came into the room and i say so again you don't want any public scandal give me this sum of money and you'll get no public scandal you'll never hear of it again nobody will and i'll write anything you like but as a matter of business you don't get my undertaking in writing until i've got your check see you say you haven't got a thousand at the bank but i suppose they might cash your check for that amount of course they would they hold my securities very good sit down and write the check now make it payable to g w vulsame esq m b or bearer not order mind and don't cross it i sat down meekly and wrote the check as directed then vulsame came to the writing table and gave me a receipt and his written undertaking that he would not molest me further either with regard to the death of myas or in any other respect i locked up the receipt and the undertaking and he put the check in his pocket and prepared to go really it was all so easy that i was almost ashamed to do it but the man was very drunken and disgusting and it made me angry one moment before you go mr vulsame i said i do not recommend you to present that check for payment at the bank tomorrow morning as the money will not be paid and you will be immediately arrested what for what are you talking about don't be childish you must see you have threatened to charge me with being an accessory after the fact in the murder of daniel myas and have withdrawn the charge in consideration of receiving a sum that you have demanded you have given me evidence in your own handwriting that you have done this if i remember rightly this particular offence is punishable with penal servitude for life the law does not encourage blackmail you know this sobered him he took the check from his pocket and tore it in half give me back that undertaking of mine he said my dear mr vulsame you cannot suppose i shall do anything so silly as that 
behave nicely and you will hear nothing more about it that's all i can do for you i'm just going to tell you what i think of you mr compton i'm going to say it in plain words you've played a dirty trick on me you stop that i said and get out rather to my surprise he did exactly as he was told the alcoholic collapse had followed on the alcoholic courage i congratulated myself that i had seen the last of mr valsame i congratulated myself prematurely as it happened i saw him again that very night in one respect i felt grateful for the blackguard for a few minutes at any rate he had taken my mind from that letter and the handwriting of a man whom i knew to be dead summoning me to come and see him in a few hours time i was determined not to go to durnford place i changed my clothes and walked round to the club for dinner i had meant to look in at a telegraph office on the way and send my excuses in my own rooms i had gone to the telephone but had stopped short I was afraid of what I might hear on the telephone. I did not go into the telegraph office. It would be easy enough to send a telegram from the club. But, of course, the thing that really stopped me was the conviction that, however much I might hate it, and however great my horror, I should have to go to Durnford Place that night. There was the direct appeal for help. Whether it came from a man or from a woman, it came from a friend of mine, and to disregard it would have been to lose my most precious possession, my self-respect. Once I had determined that I should have to go, my mind became much easier. I played billiards for half an hour after dinner and gave my whole attention to the game, and then it was time to have a taxicab called. End of chapter 13